Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Cold Derby. I'm Chris Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce. We have so much to talk about. We have so much news and big movies that you saw that I have not seen. I know. I saw three movies the past five days and you did wow. not. I did not I see know. those three movies. No, you've seen Black Panther, which we'll talk about a lot today. Uh, Glass Onion, which I'm going to see Monday. So we will save that for next week. And The Sun. The, the Sun. The... Best Picture winner, The Sun. Oscar Oscar contender across the board, uh, The Sun. It's done so well on the festival circuit. But no, there's a lot of news choice, including we have an Oscars host and we have the first moving image, perhaps most importantly, of Brendan Fraser in The Whale, sort of moving. He talks in the trailer. There, Yeah, there are moving images. So, And, uh, and then we had another trailer this morning on Wednesday. Yes, uh, I want to dance with somebody, the Whitney yeah. Houston biopic, which had a trailer previously, and now is, I think, as you said rightly, uh, it is Bodyguard, the movie, the biopic. Yeah, the making of the Bodyguard. <laughs> That's colon, what like. colon the series, colon the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the whale, Joyce. Uh, so the whale premiered at uh, Venice, which was in August, end of August, early September, and standing ovations, and also, like we have talked about, some very... Uh, angry and upset reviews, but a lot of people just bowled over by the Brendan Fraser performance. He's a front runner, win best actor. And it's been through a bunch of different festivals. And there has been one single photo of Brendan Fraser in the movie that everyone has been using on every article about it, the whale. It just sucks when you, whenever you write about the whale, cause you have to use the same photo over and over again. And that's just bad for UX user experience. Cause Certainly. your eyes just glaze over when you see the same photo over and over again from the same and, movie. And as you rightly pointed out, it's a very tight crop from about here, the middle, like right below the neck up, because they've really been trying to not show the physical transformation that Brendan Fraser has undergone for the movie in this still photo. And so now we finally got a trailer. I thought the movie comes out in a month. It's December 9th, I believe. Uh, Today is November 9th. So we're a month out this week on Election Day. Uh, they released the trailer. Nothing else was going on. So A24 is like, let's it drop was, it. It was a very savvy move because they know what the discourse was going to be. And uh, it's about a, it's about a less than 90 seconds. And it seems like a very, it's presenting itself as a very uh, emotional movie about how it reminded me a little bit of Wes Bentley's speech about the plastic bag in American Beauty. Bags are amazing. People are amazing. Right. Well, talking about the beauty of something, right? Like it's Brandon Fraser talking about the beauty of humanity and how how kind people can be. The power of their kindness as a human being. 
And then also a lot of beach imagery choice for a movie about- There's a, there's a lot of, yeah, beach and a lot of empty rooms and hallways. And uh, with a bunch of great shots of the cast, which includes Brenda Fraser, obviously, Hong Chao, and Sadie Sink. No shot of uh, Samantha Morton or Ty Simpkins, who are also in the movie. Hong's just one one shot of her, tears streaming down her face. I think Hong Chao plays the the nurse. Yeah, Sadie his Sink is his estranged yeah. daughter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It looked like a movie that would be very emotional and that people will respond to, and they have. So I guess there you go. Yeah, Um you know, I think we've talked about this before and how like it, it's become like a running joke on film Twitter that there is no trailer for The Whale yet. <laughs> and it's like, will they ever release a trailer? And it just, it you know, it felt like they were just trying to control the discourse around it as much as possible. Right. Um, and like people, like the general public's reaction to it. And they and they still are doing that because you don't see any full body shots of Brendan Fraser right. in this. It, it's more of a teaser than a trailer. Who knows if they'll even release a full trailer. I mean, I feel like they um, might. <laughs> probably, like pro- maybe like two days out. Um, yeah. And then even the poster, I felt like it was, it made me laugh because it, it felt like they were just trolling us again because it was just like, it's basically like the same shot of the same still, just like a like medium mm-hmm. like shot of him, you know? So, um, but yeah, I think it was um, e- effective in what it wanted to accomplish. If you've never heard of The Whale before and you just came across it yesterday online, and you watched it and you'd be like, oh, like I'm really moved and this looks really sad. But yeah. I, I think that kind of piques your interest if you have absolutely no idea what this movie is about. For sure, for sure. And I also thought like, obviously, Darren Aronofsky's movies are not, uh, he makes movies that are like, not, I don't know, tough sits, I guess, or just like uh, uncomfortable movies, right? Like, it, like he doesn't shy away from like, uh, imagery that is disturbing a lot of times you think like Requiem for a Dream or even Noah or uh, Mother certainly and this is like obviously a different change of pace for him and I think even if you had no idea about the movie but you knew like it was directed by Darren Aronofsky there's clearly a version of this where you hear that Darren Aronofsky made a movie about a morbidly obese man at the end of his life that uh, it's going to be really uncomfortable but obviously the movie is presenting itself as much more uh, emotional and sentimental, which it seems yeah. like that's what it is. So uh, I, I, I think that trailer was pretty effective. It did not seem to sway anybody to say, oh, uh, you know, no chance here, right? That kind of thing. Like there's no, nothing if in anything, the trailer. I think it just kind of reinforced people's belief that he will win. Right. Because it's very emotional. They picked like, I mean, yeah. we haven't, neither one of us have seen it. I, will, I know a lot, a few people have seen it. Did you it. cry at the trailer? I didn't, but I was like, oh, I could see crying during this, honestly. So yeah. there you go. I was like, oh, if it's going to be that kind of thing, like I could see being like moved by it. And certainly whether or not, I, I'm always of the opinion when I cry at movies, sometimes I'll get mad or I'll just be like, it, it's, it was, I was manipulated into crying during this movie. I didn't, it didn't earn my crying. So I'm not yeah. sure. I think the jury is still out on whether the whale will be an earned my tears or manipulated. But I think the other part of it too, is like a lot of people can't decipher that they were manipulated into crying. Like they just sure. realized they cried. Right. And so they think that it was like good writing and like good filmmaking. Right. <laughs> right. So uh yeah, but that was the whale. And then today, Joyce, we had another one, best actress contender, Naomi Aki as Whitney Houston. In the, I wanted into somebody. Um, yeah, so a lot, a lot of dialogue and speaking here. I think she really nails Whitney's voice. Like, obviously, she doesn't look like her, which is fine. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I think the I also 
just love that it opened with a like real footage of Oprah introducing Whitney Houston. Really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just played I Will Always Love You under the whole thing. It does. And... It really looks like the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like the making of the bodyguard. Um, <laughs> but again, I think it's also an effective trailer. Um, yeah, I thought it looks... Sony has two movies coming out in December, both of which have had really good trailers in A Man uh, Called Otto and this I Want to Dance with Somebody, both which seemingly are acting plays for awards and then also broad audience plays that could actually get people to see these movies. Like, I think I Want to Dance with Somebody could be a pretty sizable hit. Uh, It looks like a very big, like, musical crowd pleaser that I think people would want to go check out. And Man Called Otto less sizable hit just because those kind of movies seemingly have struggled to make money but all at the same time tom hanks and like kind of a movie that's positioned as like a grouchy comedy could do well but yeah i thought the trailer looked pretty good i was like oh this is fine i don't think you had had her in for a long time now i don't think you do anymore we haven't seen this i don't even know i would say a long time like i i i I think i've had her out longer than i've had her in like i had her in when we did this in march Right. And again in August. <laughs> right. So that, that's what I mean by long time. But I mean, like, now that we're kind of like in the real world here. But like, it's like, I haven't had her in since no. we've seen her competitors. No. I mean, I could have her in after, in like a month, you know, whenever. Yeah, truly. Is. We, I mean, at not, at, it does look pretty good. I, I'm always like, so I don't think she's really singing, though I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, mean she's not hitting that note and I will always love you. <laughs> well, I don't know. And I'm just like, that was one of the things I really loved about the El- Austin Butler performance at Elvis is he really is singing. I mean, like Rami Malek wasn't really. Rami Malek was not singing. And I took a big umbrage with that. I think McCartan, you know, the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Uh, I took great umbrage for that with that because I was like, Bradley Cooper is singing and I still will die on that hill. And that Bradley Cooper should have won Best Actor for A Star is Born instead of Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. But, you know, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Uh Naomi Aki does look pretty good. I, I Like you said, she doesn't necessarily sound like her, but I think it definitely has the, based on the trailer, there's a lot of moments for her to really, uh, to shine, it looks like. A lot of emotional stuff with her dad. Well, I mean, yeah, like Whitney's life was a roller coaster, right. um, tragically, um, very sad. Um, and so, yeah, there'll definitely be a lot of opportunities for her to do actressing. A lot actressing of looks like a lot of actressing in this. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the movie Weird, Joyce? I have not. Have you? I did. It's uh, a mediocre minus, I would say, in, in the scale of things. Okay. Uh, but And it's a parody of musical biopics, which is in keeping with the Weird mm-hmm. Al kind of sense. And then I just was like, even the parodies of musical biopics, I find kind of tedious at this point because we've already had like Walk Hard. And so watching the I Want to Dance with Somebody trailer, even though, like I said, I was really captivated by the way the trailer's cut together and I definitely want to see it. I was still like, another musical biopic. We're just going to keep doing this. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're just they're just going to keep... It doesn't even need to be, like, specifically musical. I mean, it's just biopics. Anyway. Right. And this is, like, a very famous person, obviously. So yeah. there's... the it, it helps to be a musical biopic because there's the hook of their catalog. So right. we love the, um, I love the catalog. And I love Whitney Houston yeah. songs. And so I think, I like, you know, like, the first trailer for this, it they actually played I Want to Dance with Somebody in the trailer. So that was like more upbeat. This one is more solemn. Yeah, because it's a lot about more about her family and then also about her place in the culture with regard to how her music sounds. The opening of the trailer is all about like her having to answer whether uh, 
her music is like basically sell out to like white audiences right and yeah. this and that if she, she, is, if she needs black enough for right which yeah. is interesting like actually that's like really interesting thoughts and conversations i was like this this looks solid like i'm excited to watch it i don't think i'll have her in but i could see her getting in at zag or golden globes certainly it's definitely like a saggy performance <laughs> It's a saggy, a sag dash Y, not saggy, saggy. It's like a capital, like S-A-G. Yes, yes. 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 Uh, so those are the two trailers. They nominated J-Hud last year. So. They did. I mean. It was also could, an earlier release. This is a late release. So, so that's the one problem with this movie. And I was wondering if it would have actually had a better shot from her from an awards perspective, at least if it had switched with like a movie like Devotion. So Sony has Devotion, which is an aerial assault movie with uh, Jonathan Majors and uh glenn powell glenn powell i couldn't think of his name i was like glenn watkins from your favorite movie of the year which i just rewatched uh recently and uh it's amazing uh and it's still my favorite movie of the year uh top gun maverick um but that's coming out on thanksgiving weekend and then i wanted somebody as christmas i wonder if they flipped release dates while that maybe wouldn't be great for uh the sony bottom line if it would have been better for the naomi Aki awards chances if it was coming out in november uh, I mean, they December. were still doing like reshoots over the summer, I think. So I think right. it just like wasn't possible. That makes like, sense. I mean, so. so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I do think if it had an earlier release, they maybe I'd have her even more seriously considered uh, for best actress. But for now, we'll see and keep thinking of SAGs and Golden Globes, certainly. And then the other bit of news, Joyce, bright and early on Monday morning. 8 a.m. Eastern. We have our, the Oscars deciding to go in a fresh new direction with their host. And they've hired Jimmy Kimmel to host for a third time. I'm totally fine with it. Okay. I gotta say, I loved Jimmy Kimmel uh, the first time he hosted. I thought it was great. Even before the La La Land Moonlight uh, snafu, then he had to like definitely. Yeah, I really liked that the first thing too. I think we've talked about this before and like, I just, you know, I mean, cause that year, like Matt Damon was also nominated his his enemy um, for Manchester by the Sea, yes. the producer. So then just, just like running gag all, all night when they did like, famous people talking about like their inspirations and then it ends with him like talking about how he loves we bought a zoo <laughs> so good uh really good i thought he was really clever the second year i actually went to joyce uh, that was the one oscars i've ever gone to it was you know but also year. that year they might have invited him back anyway but that was definitely like a redo because of envelope gate absolutely uh and kind of like it felt not as it just wasn't as good, I guess. I don't know. He was, that was still when very he did funny. The Sea Do hack, like the jet ski thing. Whoever had the shortest speech would get uh, the jet ski. And uh, Mark Bridges won that. And I talked to him last year because he did a uh, licorice pizza. And how did he um, get the jet? What do you do with the jet ski, Joyce? He donated it nice. to like the some academy thing. Um, but yeah, he 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 was like, I didn't even know I gave the shortest speech, but like throughout the ceremony, people kept coming up and be like, Hey, I think you're gonna win because like you're it's like no one's beating your 32 <laughs> seconds or whatever it was. And then was, he talked about like because like he came out with like Helen Mirren because you know she was mm -hmm. showcasing the jet ski. Sure. So he was like, it was just crazy being there backstage with Helen Mirren. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun I, I think that Oscars is not necessarily super memorable even though all the mem movies were really great a shape of water won best picture and guillermo del toro won best director so it kind of was like uh i mean like a year with like get out and lady bird and all these movies that i feel like people remember as classics to have them not win i like the shape of water a lot but it's not like a memorable it's not as memorable obviously as like la la land versus moonlight or you know parasite or anything like that um so that was his last second time then he and then we went hostless for three years 
And he was definitely vocal about how he thought that was a terrible idea. I, and he and he interviewed like uh, Billy Crystal a lot. Often before the Oscars, they would kind of crap on the idea of no hosts. Um, you know, I think he was very excited that like Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer and Regina Hall are hired for hosts. And now he's back. I think I was looking at it as like, while it is more of the same, and I definitely get the sense that Jimmy Kimmel is not for everybody, Joyce. I get the sense. A lot of people are not the biggest fans of him. Whether they're, uh, you know, MAGA Republicans seemingly don't like him, and also like people who are more uh, progressive or film Twittery don't like him either. Yeah, like, like I mean, <laughs> so, obviously, we know why like MAGA folks don't like him, but yes. like film Twitter doesn't like him, um, or they don't think like he's a good a fit as a host because of the way he dunks on um the little the little guys the little c movies yes like on his show and stuff um and like all so they feel like he doesn't have like an appreciation of the arts which is what the oscars should be celebrating and like you know like this past year it felt like the producers also had no respect um for the artists you know like slashing uh eight categories from the live show and all that stuff so i think people wanted someone who loves cinema you know but i i think like this choice in general is just like they're they just want a conductor at the helm basically like the show should never be about the host it should not matter like it's great if the host turns out well um you know and gives a great performance for three and a half hours like that's awesome but the oscars are yes they're about the movies and celebrating like the year movies like it's not about the host like they they just really talk for like the first 10 minutes and then transition in and out to like presenters throughout the night um so i think this is like it's a safe choice obviously but i think they want a safe choice after last year's debacle for numerous reasons and yeah it's also like 2023 it'll have been five years since he last hosted so yeah it's his third time but it's not like it's three years in a row right i, I um, thought that i think that's very true and i think the other thing so like I, I was thinking of him versus Billy because we obviously went through a lot of the Billy Crystal shows when we did our Oscars playback of the 90s. Joyce, you put that in quotes. Which, well, that's what we call it, Oscars playback. And that's why it was in quotes, um, which you should watch and they're great. But I was like, Billy always played to the room and would make jokes that like Hollywood people would get, right? Like about like the industry or who's at what studio or how Paramount didn't, you know, pay their coffee bill or whatever, you know, like stupid stuff like that, that like Jack is going to be in the front row like laughing. And people at home are maybe going to laugh like by osmosis, but not really get the joke. And then Jimmy's whole shtick is just like he is remains kind of trying to do the everyman stuff, even though he's one of the most famous people in the world who's like friends with Jennifer Aniston. So it's hard to be like the everyman when you're still like when you're incredibly well, he's, wealthy he's and successful. A, so he's, he's like an quote unquote outsider because he's not an actor or performer right. in a way that Billy was, you right. know. But um, he also is still friends with all these people. So it's like yeah, but he yeah. he like, plays he the has, outsider like, really at well. Aniston's house and they go on vacation together. So right. but um I think it's also good that they lock down a host um on November 7th, um four months out from the ceremony. Yes. Because there's been times where their super last minute announcement host just this past year they announced um regina and amy and wanda in february (laughs) so like it was like six weeks out and it was like and as we know like they were trying to like lock in the rock and it just didn't work out and all this stuff so it just felt like they were just trying to find anyone who would say yes Yes. and like it's happened in previous years where it's just like 
you just hear like, oh, like they were trying to get this person and they said no. So, and it's been like super last minute. Um, so I think it's good to, uh, I think it's good for two reasons. I think it's good to lock down the host now in November. So like we already have the producers, it's Glenn Weiss and Ricky Kirshner. So they get actually start planning the show right now. And like, you know, around Jimmy and like his shtick and whatever, they could, you know, mm-hmm. start arcing out their sketches or whatever they're going to do. And I think it's also good because it'll just um, really just kill the rumors or any speculation that, oh, no, no one wanted to do. I mean, it is a thankless job that so people always think like, oh, no one said yes. So that's why this like they they got this person to say yes. So it seems it feels like he was their first choice in a way. You know, it wasn't like they went to like The Rock again or like. Right. There was rumor that they and Martin Short and Selena Gomez and they said no, they couldn't work it out because they're shooting season three. You know, it's like they actually wanted Jimmy, right? And he said yes. Uh, The other thing I felt like too, we uh, is that Jimmy was great. Obviously, like I said, with the uh, La La Land Moonlight, I thought he handled that pretty well, and that ended up being like a great, memorable Oscars moment. Uh, And then the following year, like you said, he got the do over, and also like it felt applicable too, or like appropriate because he was like able to reference that. Uh, debacle during the show and I think they actually brought Faye and uh, um, Warren Beatty back to do Best Picture again so I feel like having Jimmy now host after Will Smith hitting Chris Rock is great too because you know he's going to like focus I would say even though they probably want to move on there's no way that he's not going to reference that and I also think having Jimmy host makes it much more likely that Chris Rock would appear there was like a long rumor that like you know obviously they wanted Chris Rock to host Chris Rock was like, absolutely not. But I could see Chris Rock like appearing because Jimmy was definitely supportive of Chris Rock in that aftermath. And like, he's, I think probably friends with Chris Rock as well. So it does feel like, oh, Chris Rock's not going to host. He's not going to want to like do that. But will you get Chris Rock to do like a little bit during the show now? I'd say the chances increase uh, with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, like even if he's not there, he could do like a pre-record. Right. So I think that opens it up to be pretty well. And- you know, like saying like he's like an in quotes every man or like the Hollywood version of every man. There's a potential this year where this could be like a very populist Oscars list. So like if yeah, you're gonna that's have, also like a, a good year for him to host. Basically. It's a good year for him to host if the nominees are going to have like Top Gun and Black Panther and Avatar, which are movies that a lot of people beyond film Twitter he are going to watch. He was very upset about Spider-Man No Way Homes. So. He was. And the year he hosted when the second year he hosted was when Black Panther was uh, ascendant and they did like a whole ABC branded Disney special uh, in, tr- in the show. Like they brought the Black Panther people out to like goose the ratings in theory. So I just feel like he's like a good choice for a lot of different reasons. I'm excited to see it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. I, I'm not like, I don't, I, I mean, again, I, I'm totally fine with no host. I don't care. You just, I'm fine with no host if they made the like show shorter. I'd be fine with no host if the show was like two hours, but then they do still a three hour show, three and a half hour show. It, and there's well, no a lot of times they just Bad. do unnecessary packages. Yes. Like you need to kill those. Right. So, and I will say like Jimmy last, so Jimmy hasn't hosted the Oscars, like you said, since 2019. In five years, 2018. 2018. 2023. Uh, but he did host the Emmys and he hosted the pandemic Emmys in the fall, September of 2020. And I really thought he did a great job at that show. I yeah. thought that was a fun, Even though they really almost fun burned show. The set down with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. That was real. <laughs> really almost burned the set down. He was so funny uh, in a really tough 
environment, obviously, because that was still like, I think that Emmys was like the first actual award show that tried to do yeah. an award show during the pandemic. And it was like the best one of the pandemic affected award it shows. absolutely so, was in hindsight. Uh, yes, so. it was the best one for sure. And he was so funny and it was just a really great, uh, I thought just a really great show. It was very enjoyable Emmys. So yeah, I think like, while people were probably not happy with him, like we we didn't even mention the Emmys this year when he did the whole uh, Quinta Brunson thing that people didn't like. Which was I, just kind of like so overblown as usual. And people uh, seemingly already forgot about it. That wasn't even like the complaints I saw when he got hired here to do this. I'm I'm excited for him to do it. I know that. a lot of jokes about like, well, he just spend the whole time on the floor. So right. but that, I mean, Maybe. like, you know, like and when that happened on the Emmys, I was like, this is not going to go well on Twitter. Yeah, we knew I mean, immediately. <laughs> yeah. It was just like bad, yeah. bad call, bad call. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> So Joyce, we mentioned Black Panther there. You got you saw Wakanda Forever this week. I did I not did. get to go on Monday night. I could not go. I had a conference. Okay. I'm seeing it Friday night. You're uh, seeing it with the people. I'm seeing it with the real people. So um, so I'll just say right off the top, PSA, there is a mid-credits scene, okay. no post-credits. So save those five minutes of your life and leave after the mid-credits. Okay. The only okay. thing you'll miss is just a title card saying Black Panther will return. That's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I it was um I I liked it for overall. Okay. Um I will say I it did not affect my predictions in any way. So Okay. Um, so do you have did you have any anywhere in above the line? No. We did our we did some of the craft categories, the non-shortlist craft categories last week, so it's it's still in there for me in like <clears throat> excuse me. Um, costume design and production. I didn't put in score for Ludwig yet. Okay. Um, there, I mean, there is like, there's new music, obviously, because uh, there's like new cues for uh, Telecon, <clears throat> the underwater world. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I don't know if they'll go for him again, because like, we know they're not really into sequels and stuff. Right. Um, but the movie overall, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's, Good. There are, I mean, obviously it was just, you know, very difficult circumstances under which they made the film. So there are, it deals with grief, obviously, um, and uh, just processing loss and how they all individually, uh, you know, deal with grief. And there are some like high highs, like very good moments, but then there's also just some retreads of themes. Like there, there's also like, you know, vengeance and how that could be a product of processing grief and dealing with grief. Um, and then, you know, typical MCU, they have to uh, tee up the next chapter. This is the final uh, entry mm -hmm. of phase four. Right. So uh, <clears throat> they have to tee up Ironheart. This is not a, a spoiler. Like, no. you know, Riri Williams is in the movie. She's sure. in the trailer. <laughs> so yes. they have to tee set that up. Um, and then uh, I like uh, Tenoch Huerta a lot uh, as Neymar. Um, I wouldn't say he's the villain. He's more of like the anti-hero. Right. So it kind of does the the Captain America Civil War thing of uh, presenting both sides and giving them valid reasons. So it, it delves into like the geopolitics too, which was like, okay. Um, but you, you understand his motivations um, and his actions. Um, it is very long and I felt it um and the pacing was kind of off and then you know as usual again typical marvel uh not the best like third act battle <laughs> like okay. just you know 
Um, but it's it's still thrilling in a lot of aspects and great visuals. Um, I like I all the performances are great. My favorite was actually Denai Guerrero as Okoye, who has a really great arc in the film. I feel like no one's really talking about her, like everyone's focused on Angela Bassett, which I understand. Yes. Um, yes. But I really like Denai. Uh, Michaela Cole's not in it a lot, actually. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then Letitia is good, and I don't know, what else is there? I don't, it's like, it, it's, I, I don't think like there's as much, I don't know, it's, it's hard to compare to the first movie because that was such a phenomenon um and you know this movie could have obviously been so different um but i i there there were just like some of the the nuances aren't there as they were in the first film i felt like and there's like some perfunctory dialogue um but overall i think like it's a a good marvel film i don't know where i would rank it in like my overall rankings not that i actually have a list i have a list where, where did you um, have black, where would you have black panther on your list joyce the original the first one yeah um probably in the top 10 but like i would i know a lot of people have it in like the top three but like my favorite mcu films are the winter soldier um and thor ragnarok okay so my so favorite that's, that's is uh my my top three i should look it up hang on i'm gonna look it up because i have it on my <laughs> phone i know my top one is uh Iron Man 3 remains unimpeachable. The absolute best. Uh, you're and then you're I, the only one with Iron Man 3 in number one. And then I have Black Panther and then Spider-Man Homecoming. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy 1 are my top You five. are such a contrarian. Guardian Galaxy 2, wow. It's <laughs> great. So good. Uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy 1. But I love Homecoming. It's my favorite Spider-Man one, actually. I, I love all the, the... The Spider-Man trilogy is really good. I like all... The Spider-Man trilogy is great. But anyway, Black Panther, I think, is really great. I actually rewatched it uh, this weekend just to, like, get remember, like get back in the mindset of Black Panther. One of the things you said there, and like I said, I have not seen it, so I'm not going to, like, speculate. But one thing you said there that I was, like, it, I think a big difference immediately to me that stands out is the original Black Panther uh is very much black panther it is self-contained in the regard that you could probably have never seen an mcu movie and still be able to watch it and mm -hmm. like you don't need to watch another mc movie after mcu movie after it it's like a pretty self-contained story and this movie like you said with iron heart and whatever other uh surprises are in store uh there it, are seems, surprises. <laughs> it seems that this is much more of a a mix of the original Black Panther vision, which was like, we're going to really focus on this character and then also feeding the larger needs of the MCU for phase five, especially because a lot of the movies so far and shows have not done the best job of teeing up phase five, right? Like maybe Loki, maybe like, yeah, some of like, you know, I don't even know. Like a lot of these shows are just feel like very- Well, isolated. it's just like we're, we're in the, the multiverse saga now. Right. Um, so I, I would say- this doesn't delve into the multiverse at all. Right. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler. No, I don't, um, and I don't, I didn't expect it yeah. to. And I would say I'm glad it doesn't because I much more prefer to like have this story of Black Panther. And so yeah, it is, it is a story of Black Panther and Wakanda, but it, um, it, it's, it's like, you know, like piggybacking off of the ending of the first film. Right. And then also, obviously, the events since then, like the snap and everything. Sure, sure. So, so that yeah. 
so that's why I'm like, oh, that is a little not disappointing, but obviously, like I would manage my expectations as a movie overall, like from like a like the Black Panther, the original Black Panther. I was like, all the tech nominations felt like very worthy in its wins, obviously as well. And then the best picture was because it's like a great movie. And while mm-hmm. this one, I have not seen it yet, and I'm, next week I might be on here being like, Joyce, I got Black Panther winning best picture. Uh, you're not gonna be surprised. Put it in. You're gonna put Angela in. You're gonna put Letitia in. <laughs> Letitia you know is the best it. actress. Can you even imagine? Uh, I would say like Angela. I, I there's been a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the pundit class choice seemingly is very hot on Angela. Yeah, very when like even after the premiere like two weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, like a lot of people yes. hunt Angela, and I get it. She is great in movie. Um, she has her Oscar clip is the one in the first trailer when she's right. yelling. And so, um, I, I but she's it's also. It's like, you know, it's like Angela doing Angela things. Right. And Um, I also am like, maybe like, I think when we were, got the surprise news earlier this year that Michelle Williams was not running and supporting, at least me, I was like, oh man, that category is just a mess. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like, it is like incredibly deep. There are a lot of actresses. And it's, it's still the most unsettled category. (laughs) It's deep, it's unsettled, and it's really good. Like, I mean, for Angela Bassett to get in, I mean, here's our list right now. I'm just going through. Like, she is here's here's our rankings from from a gold derby perspective. Jesse Buckley in first, uh, Claire Foy, Carrie Condon, Stephanie Sue, and Hong Chow. That's the top five. Then Carrie Mulligan rising in in wow. sixth. For she said frogged over Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis in seventh. Jean Smart in Babylon. Nina Haas, Thuso Mabedu, Sandy Sink, and then Angela Bassett, and then. Down the list are Janelle Monet and Dolly DeLeon, who I feel like both of whom have like better shots of getting nominated than Angela Bassett. So oh, especially like Dolly from like a critical perspective. Right. So yeah. I'm just like, I've seen, I've seen at least one, I think Scott Feinberg Joyce has both Dolly DeLeon and Angela Bassett in. So obviously like there is room to speculate widely here, but it would be Angela Bassett getting in would be like, she'd have to overcome a lot of very other worthy contenders without the baggage of being in a superhero movie, which I still think exists from an acting perspective. Yeah, so, for sure. It it kind of like the the buzz around her and the conversation around her, um, it just feels like the same one around Michael B. Jordan for the first one. And that's yeah. what other thing I was going to say is watching, I was like, damn, Michael B. Jordan absolutely should have been nominated. He's so good in the right, first yeah. one. It's an incredible performance. There are Listen, there are a lot of great acting performances. That sounds redundant, but a lot of great performances. Um, in comic book movies and mcu movies yeah um but yeah i do agree there is like a definitely a bias there and so like if michael b jordan yeah i was like if michael b jordan wouldn't get in for black panther when it was like a guaranteed best picture nominee basically and like chadwick boseman wasn't even in a conversation no at all (laughs) so i was just like it seems like angela i would say Again, I might come here next week and be like, Joyce, great news. You got Angela Bassett winning. Black Panther's going to win Best Picture. Ryan Coogler for Best Director. I would say right now, I'm just like, it seems like a long shot to expect her to get in, I would say. Yes, Not saying it can't happen. I felt like I, I loved her in it. She's right. she's great. She has a lot of very emotional scenes. The movie overall is very emotional, as you would expect. It, it seems be. like it. Yeah. Um, I didn't cry, but you'll probably cry. I don't know. I was like trying to think, will I cry? We were just talking about The Whale before where I'm like easily manipulated. Ryan Coogler is like a great filmmaker and kind of very uh earnestly avoid sentimentality i feel like with yeah it's not it's not manipulative right so i was like i think if i do cry i feel like he will have earned my tears because i'm like oh man he's such a i just love him as a filmmaker all i don't think he's made 
every one of his movies I think I've really really loved yeah I've loved all his movies too um so like I'm very yeah. excited for this and I could see me me crying I definitely could see it happening Joyce come on yeah I also feel like if if like the first movie were not nominated for best picture and it wasn't like as big as it was like I think the reception to this would be different obviously but but I think I still think the first movie is better than this one this is still a good movie overall I think um now for best picture it could like we have talked about endlessly it it, there is a lot of space at the bottom and so there are like probably three slots it it could (laughs) it could still get in it seems like I at least I think Kyle Buchanan was like saying he thought he could it could get in obviously like uh Scott Feinberg, I think, has it in. Yeah, it could definitely. I mean, it, it opens this weekend on Friday, so right. it'll be big, obviously. And um, yeah, people will and see this. Unlike some people of these will other see movies. this movie, <laughs> and um, it could get in there. I, I still, I have it in my SAG ensemble predictions. And one last time, as you remember, right. I can see it getting in there again. Um, so and, yeah. yeah, no, I was gonna say so. To Tenacuerta is a uh, Namor or Namor? How do how do they say it in the movie? They say it both ways. So he yeah. gives a there's a backstory about how he got that name. Oh, cool! I look so, forward to hearing it. Yeah, uh, I love so you him. Could say, was, you could say both ways. It's not wrong either way. Okay. I I interviewed. I, he was in a Sundance movie a few years ago called Sons of Monarch or Son of Monarchs, I believe. A uh, very small movie, and I interviewed him for that for our site here and it was a nice interview he seemed really cool and yeah uh, he's uh if you if anyone he's he was on uh, jimmy kimmel a couple weeks ago promoting uh, black panther so a very charming uh engaging guy so highly recommend the interview he talks about how he um i wouldn't say he lied but withhold the truth from ryan coogler when ryan asked if he knew how to swim right and he just kept saying i've never drowned that's so, awesome Yes. That rules. Love him. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. That's how you get around it. Um, but yeah, he's he really good in the movie. And he gets the introducing credit in the credits. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, I guess they didn't see Sons of Monarch then. The getting no, I think I guess it's like introducing him to American audiences. Right. He's a sure. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like sure. the Julia Roberts. You know, America's the, the only country that matters. Okay, listen. He's Julie Roberts in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, introducing Julie Roberts as Tess Ocean. Yes. Joyce, I want to ask you one more thing. And again, I'll see you next week and then we can talk about it. And I, I think next week we'll just spoil the hell out of it. I'd love to talk about spoilers with you. Uh, and like, yeah, uh, so my, my stance on spoilers, I mean, first of all, you can spoil anything for me because I don't care about spoilers. Right. I'm much more interested in the execution of sure. said spoiler than yeah. what the actual spoiler is because I think right. that's what matters the most. Right. Um, but my stance is like once the thing is released to the public, you're free to talk about it. And yeah. if you care so much, then you just have to avoid the internet. <laughs> we had one recently, uh, I forget what we were doing, but I got multiple people in the comments on our YouTube Joyce were mad that I spoiled the ending of Uncut Gems. It's been three years. So, I mean, it's like, fun. you know, it's on Netflix. Yeah. I got it, I got it here on uh, on, on Blu-ray, 4, 4K Blu-ray. Is that even, is that still wrapped? Yeah, I didn't even open it yet. I just buy it and hand it here. Oh, yeah, wow. no, one, once it's out for, to the public, uh, you can talk about it. So um, it's just yeah. like how I know some people like weirdos who don't watch trailers because they think it contains spoilers. I'm like, no, trailer is part of the marketing. This is how the studio, the network is trying to sell this product to you. And right. this is what they're choosing to include. It's totally fine if you don't want to watch the trailer, but people are allowed to talk about it because it's been released to the public right you can't get mad at people for talking about it 
So one thing I want to figure out next week too, can you see it getting in for adapted screenplay? A a, a light category, I would argue. No. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) We'll talk about this next week after I see it. Uh, So that's Black Panther. There's the other movie coming out this week, which will certainly get as many people buying tickets as Black Panther in its two or three theaters is The Fablemans. Um, Best Picture Frontrunner. Best Picture Frontrunner. They've been screening it a lot more recently because a lot of my friends have now been texting me about it. Friends in the industry, Joyce, have been texting. Yes, they've been doing a lot of screenings the past week and a lot of uh, Q&As after. They've done like DGA screenings, um, I think WGA too. I think all the guilds basically, like the top guilds. So PTA hosted one at the DGA. with. Oh, that's cool. Uh, One of my friends saw it last night and he texted me. He's a good uh, Matt Singer at the website Screen Crush Joyce. And sometimes he'll text me like, did you see blank? And then not say what he thought. And then I'll just be like, yeah, I loved it. And he'll be like, oh, it sucked. So he did it last night with Fablemans. And I was like, did you see Fablemans? Like, yeah, I loved it. It's great. And he's like, oh my God, it's a masterpiece. I was like, yes. So I'm like, people really are enjoying this movie, I feel like. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, a reaction from just like uh, people like film Twitter or just anyone who's seen it publicly. Uh, and from like the two people I know who've seen it, that is uh, overly negative. Like no. people enjoy this movie. And I think people are also surprised that they enjoy this movie. So, so like that some was, of them. Absolutely. And I think we've talked about this. It's the front runner, but it's handled that front runner uh, badge incredibly well, I feel. Yeah, like. it's been, I am actually like in awe at how low key it's managed to be as a, a best picture front runner. Because this time last year, after like Belfast um, won at TIFF, it was just like, you know, the target on its back all the time and then it's so funny because both these movies had um category drama or whatever you know there's just like that discussion about like where the adults of Belfast sure. will be and then like you know they're all supporting whatever and then it's like you know Michelle the the lead bombshell happened in like late September and then it's like oh yeah and then I think it also helps that like people don't think she can win so they've just kind of like forgotten about her you know, but it's like the movie itself has really managed to be a low key front runner. And even now, like as it's it's going to be released in two days in select theaters, it'll be wide Thanksgiving weekend. But like they had a premiere, they've been at AFI, they had the THR cover last week that we talked about. It's still really low key. It's like such a low profile for this big movie, big quote unquote big yeah. movie coming out in two days. And it's not a bad low profile. I think it's no, like a really well strategized uh, low profile. And and again, I think it helps that everyone like everyone like if I had to say the broadest consensus was everyone liked it, and weren't weren't like over the top effusive with their praise. Right? Yes, it's like yeah. a movie that was not like you have not been hammered over the head with this is the greatest movie of all time, even though I yeah, think which it was is also like the reaction out of TIFF, right? It was just right. like, everyone's just like, this is a great movie, but not like bold lights, all caps, great right. movie. And even though I think it is a masterpiece and I think it will stand the test of time, I think that it shows how Spielberg makes movies maybe, and maybe I'm giving him, I don't think I could ever give him too much credit, but I'm like, I feel like Spielberg makes movies that are both in the moment watching them, you like are like loving it. And then, you're still loving it like weeks or months later because you're still thinking about how he, you know what I mean? He's like a very, he's not like, it's not like he's making pop songs. You know, like a pop song is gonna, you're gonna listen to it for like three minutes and be like, that rules, I love it. And then not really think about it. He's making like 
artistic pop, I guess. I don't know. It's like mainstream. I mean, stuff. there are a lot of pop songs that I still listen 20 to 25 years later, but it's, it's the thing about him. I think we talked about this last month when we talked about the movie, like, yeah, like I think when you're watching his films and especially this one, you enjoy it. And, but then um, you don't, I, I think this is what you want. Like you're so immersed in the movie that you don't notice right away, like all the craftsmanship in his work and then you think about it afterwards i mean i know not everyone thinks about that after they see a movie they just go home and like get on with their lives but if you're you are like looking back at the movie you're like wow that scene and like how he shot that and like there's so much that goes into that and you see you know his mind at work really and i think that's something you know speaking specifically about the industry like i think that's what his peers and like these people who grew up idolizing him will appreciate you know like um when I saw those photos of like PDA interviewing him at DJ I'm like and I think we talked about this last month it's like directors will really respond to this film and because it shows like how him you know as a teenager was making these home movies and editing cutting them together and everything and you just really see his cinematic eye and I think that's something that will appeal to um aspiring filmmakers and his peers at large right so I haven't, we talked about like our predictions stuff. I haven't done a lot of uh, changing, but I did do one thing that I know you'll be disappointed with me. I put Judd Hirsch back in and I took out Barry Keoghan and I kept Brian Tyree Henry, which maybe would have been the obvious one to drop, but I love Causeway so much. And I'm going down just, with the Brian. BTH. I'm, Brian, I'm Hope Dignan BTH and Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm just going to stick with that for as long as I can because I love them and I love the movie so much. They uh, both deserve. And um, But anyway, yeah, I put Judd Hirsch in and I took out Barry. Uh, um, why? Well, so uh, a lot of good Judd material, I feel like, out there. I think there was a New Yorker profile on him. Vanny Fair did a little thing on him, too. I just keep going back to it's a one scene performance and there are a lot of great one scene performances here like Samantha Morton and she said and and obviously uh, Judd and I'm sure there are others that I'm blanking on that will come to mind but um, I don't know I just felt like it's such a remark he's so memorable and I do think that will help and I think the the movie if there's going to be one supporting a movie that gets two supporting actor nominations it feels like Fableman's would be the one instead of Banshee's, even though I think Banshee's is like a very strong best picture contender. I do feel like it might be like the front runner in a way that would get it the double no acting nomination. I don't know. Not not the most solid reasoning here, but that's what I came up with. No, I mean, I can see it for sure. Yeah, I, I would love to have double Fableman's and double Banshee's. I mean, that'd be great. Actor. I just don't think that will happen. So it's kind of like choose or poison. Like if you're going to, I mean, you don't need a double nominees for either film, right. but if you're going to do one, then it's like, which film are you going to take? Um, so yeah, I dropped him, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I think I dropped him two weeks ago for Brian. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he, he does have just that one scene, but he's really good. And obviously a legend and he could just be like a coattail too if Fableman's is going to be big with right. voters. I, so. I know there's like kind of like, you know, people are like, oh, one, it's tough one scene, right? And you're not going to get in. And like, it's got to, it's like, is it fair to get in for one scene basically? And like Bradley Cooper last year would be a great comparable, I would say for the Judd Hirsch performance. But I think the added benefit of Judd Hirsch being this like incredibly lauded industry veteran 
And so far doing the two profiles that he's done, not seemingly, again, another theme this year that we're seeing is these people actually being like, it would be great to get nominated. Like Judd Hirsch in the Vanity Fair one, at least was like, yeah, it'd be awesome. Been acting for so long, you know, like it's so cool. I, I just think that that'll help like that kind of thing. Maybe, I don't know. Um, I mean, well, he's been nominated before. Right, but not for like 40 years. <laughs> it's well, not like his it, first nomination. No, so. it's not like his first nomination, but like he's not been nominated for like 40 years, right? Yeah. Ordinary People um, is what, But it's, it's not like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I'm No, 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 I know that. Waiting for my first nomination. Right. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, if there somehow ends up being like double Fablements and double Banshees, then that just helps Kihi Kwan. Because he's, I think he's still number one. I still think he's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, um, so yeah. So I mean that that has only the the double double has happened once in supporting actress. Um, um, it was uh Pinky and Come to the Stable. They both had a uh, double nominees, wow. and then Ladies McCambridge won for all the Kingsmen. This would be another great opportunity for us to say like. A lot of people are mad that I feel like the Oscars are emmying this a little in these categories, right? Where they're only going to watch like a couple of movies and then you get the multiple nominees that potential for this year is very yeah, high. I think because in supporting actress, you could have it too, basically. Yeah. I mean, it also depends on just the movies each year and like what or how many people each film is fielding too. Right. Like women talking, a lot of women and women talking, obviously. So it does what it um, says in the box. But yeah, like I think, well, the other thing about the expansion past five nominees and best picture is that I think like five, five is so manageable, right? Like everyone can handle, um, or like, especially after nominations, everyone can handle watching five movies. Like you can do that in a weekend, you know, but now like we have a hard 10. And even when it was in flux between five and 10, I think like in your mind, you just feel like you just have so much more to watch when it's more than five right. like I have friends who like text me like um oh you know like every year like oh well, what should I watch like which like Oscar nominee should I watch and they're like I don't want to watch all of them like I don't want to watch like all nine nominees you know like which ones do I need to watch but I think like when it's five you can you can handle it yeah I also think that the types of movies is like I feel like I don't know I'm like well are the industry are people going to really like banshees as much as we did when it gets like broader out there and like is that going to prevent it from getting the double nominees i don't know if that matters but i like why do you think they won't like it like i can see them not liking tar i definitely think tar is like going to be a movie that keeps getting dinged as more people see it i think i could see banshees too just because I don't know. I found it incredibly funny and also like not incredibly depressing, but I do get the sense that maybe people would find it a little depressing or dark, even though I don't think that's accurate. It, yeah. I mean, it's a black comedy. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know, but I think like you are or like, at least like the industry by this point, know what to expect from Martin McDonough. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I mean, I can definitely see like regular people being like, what the fuck? that you know if they've never seen a martin madonna film before no. so yeah i, I don't yeah. think that's wrong i guess that that's fair uh so see i did not make any other changes joyce i still have uh the same 
the same groups here the same i everything. haven't i haven't done anything either oh do you, do you know who else has a, a one scene performance this year no anthony hawkins and the sun that's what i was thinking of actually that's it because i was like oh there's got to be another one and you mentioned that the other day anthony hawkins and the sun yeah um he's in it for like five minutes yeah great scene. it's like halfway through the movie it's like an hour in so great Anthony Hopkins, great year for performances that will not get nominated, but incredible stuff. He was yeah, so good in Armageddon time. In Armageddon time to the sun. Yeah. Um, but he's still good in there. So, um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I I don't know about the sun. I still have Hugh Jackman in in actor just because I don't know what else. To so I uh, I saw a lot of people have been lately doing uh. The top three are pretty set. Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, and Colin Farrell. And then uh, Bill yeah. Nye, we both have in. Um, beyond that, I have no idea, I would say. I don't even know if Bill Nye would get in at this point. He he'll have a, he would have a harder time if this were a more competitive year. Yes. Um, but like, I think like Hugh um i think i think he's good in the movie and like it's very baity the performance sure. he does a lot of crying um a lot of speechifying mm -hmm. so i think it could still appeal to people um and the the movie itself is also um an emotional play although i'm not quite sure what it's uh trying to say about mental illness um <laughs> yeah and um the i think like the dialogue is kind of like I, it was obviously you know like florence zeller's uh adapted from this play and uh that was french and i it, it it felt like like wrong translations like it was it felt like it was like google translations of the dialogue almost um so but like the actors did their um best with it i would say and um yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I can see people just, like, knowing about The Sun and, like, Hugh, who, who is, has been promoting it, you know, even though he just extended his run in The Music Man. <laughs> um, So they could just, like, <laughs> check it out, like, because, like, he's in it and Laura Dern's in it and Vanessa Kirby's in it, you know? So, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, that, that fifth slot is still open in Best Actor. So I have Tom Cruise there still. I rewatched uh, Top Gun Maverick this past week. Boy, a movie rules. I think it would be a real shocking long shot nomination if Tom Cruise got in. I don't know how. I only have him in because I'm really having a hard time figuring well, yeah. out like, who that's, else to... uh, like, I still have Hugh because like, I don't know what I'm going So with. I feel like as we get through here, the two actors I've kind of circled as like, I guess there's three. I would say have like a re legitimate shot depending on how the campaign and how it plays out it would be Diego Calva, certainly for Babylon. Uh, Gabriel Abel for Fablemans, I think could have a real chance. I really do because I, they're just, we're just running out of actors and we he's are. Great. And I would love, like he's, he's really great. And he's film, so good, uh, but he is like, he's, he's young. <laughs> he's young. And obviously it's like an unknown performance and that would really be tough. I just think he's so good in the movie. And if the movie is as big of a front runner as we assume, I wouldn't count him out of people just being like, well, he was great in the Fablemans. Why wouldn't I put him in? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like he would probably just be getting a lot of uh, breakthrough performance notices. Right. You I, know, so like 
yeah. like from it's from like you know credits awards and like regionals and everything like like people feel like they can cover him there and still vote for someone else like brendan fraser and certainly i wonder if like if he gets in anywhere though will that like again kind of help him start rolling downhill if he gets a sag nomination does that like make him all of a sudden sag, seem like i mean yeah sag loves he's not a child but like sag loves children and younger actors right. but there's a lot of uh, younger SAG nominees who uh, did not get true Oscar. Nom- I, so. I guess I would say like if he gets in and then uh, he gets in at SAG and all of a sudden people start taking him more seriously than maybe other maybe Oscar voters would feel like oh I actually can put him in you know what I mean I wonder if there's almost like a barrier right now to be like well I can't vote for Gabriel Lavelle no one's going to take him seriously and now maybe if he gets starts getting nominated for things people will be like oh wait I could actually do this this is fine I don't know and the other third person I thought of was Paul Mescal for After Sun, which seems again like an incredible long shot, but he's got to be in the five to ten range at this point. And even though he's also yeah. young and the movie is minute uh, in size, I think he definitely will get some critic support. I could see happening, and maybe he will have a lot of critic support and a lot of film and Twitter support. He's already gotten what it was like the European Film Award nominations yeah. like the other day, so he got in there. He'll probably get a BAFTA nomination, like maybe the jury. So, um, but he it could also just end there, you know. Um, right. It is it is very tiny, and but I think like he he would have to ride on passion, right? Which, like what the the system because it it's like preferential you're ranked when, mm-hmm. for the nominee, so like that it could help him there, especially if that slot remains open by then. Well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. there's so. It's so open. It's just unbelievable. I mean, like, we're like, I'm not counting out Adam Sandler for Hustle, even though that will not happen. Love Adam Sandler. But this is a this is a very strange best actor year. It's, it's actually kind of fun because it's like, you know, like no shade to any of these people, but it's it's so weak and like actors not usually that weak because it's usually actress that's weak you know like right. look at last year i wouldn't even say last year's actor race was like incredibly strong but it was just stronger and i think what we're saying too is the that hollywood always makes you know with, with the strength also- aspect it's almost like i'm i mean it more like in depth right like i mean like best actors you could come up with like 15 actresses at this point for best actor yeah. it's a much smaller list there's not a lot of serious contenders yeah and then i like we've talked about this before and how this the strength of your candidacy as in best actor is usually tied to the strength of your movie as a best picture contender right um which is not the case in best actress no. so and then just like some of these films like it they just have not really panned out um in reception right reviews um and you know that's how we've seen tom cruise <laughs> rise all the way that's why i have him in there i mean like i would say based on my list the best actor based on their best picture potential colin farrell to me would be like the number one because yes. the movie i think it'll be the strongest and i think austin butler would be number two because his movie will also be incredibly strong i think it could get a lot of nominations and then in that if you're thinking of it in that aspect, Brendan Fraser would probably be third because The Whale is not going to have as many nominations as Top Gun or- Yeah, like The Whale is still kind of a toss-up as to whether, I mean, like, I guess you could also say Elvis too, depending on how you feel about it. But I would say those are still kind of iffy for Best Picture, whereas I think most people would say like Banshees will get into Best Picture. 
Right. Um, and then you have Bill Nye and Living, if you think he's fourth. Um, I don't have Living in Best Picture. I, I enjoyed Living a lot. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. either. So, and then I have, um, yeah, Hugh in fifth still. Um, I do not have The Sun in Best Picture, and I don't think anyone does. No. <laughs> so. I would say, um, I could see Living getting a Best Picture nomination before The Whale, even though I know that's like contrarian based on like our odds and stuff. um yeah I, even I don't, whale, like but. i think the, the the general reception to the whale has been polarizing but i can see the industry just loving the whale and not being divided as like the general public perhaps so perhaps that's true uh joyce we last week we started a, a listener email you could email us did. At, are you going to spell it again for us i'm not going to spell it it's slugfests at goldderby.com you could send an email and maybe we'll read it on this on this broadcast. Uh, but I have a few here, a couple I wanted to rejoice because uh, just so much fun. We actually had people yeah, writing in. We didn't in. get a zero. We didn't get zero. We got like more than zero, and we got less than ten. So if you're listening, send us an email because I want to up the numbers. We got those are rookie numbers. We gotta we gotta up those numbers, Joyce. Uh, here's one based on. I'm gonna read this just because I love uh, love this movie. Why isn't, this is from Matthew, he writes, why isn't anyone talking about Val Kilmer's supporting performance in Top Gun Maverick? What a moving performance. And I did not write this one. Uh, I think we mentioned that as a potential Oscar clip for Tom Cruise. I think so. So I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched Maverick this weekend. Uh, Man, that movie is so good. I I cannot stress how good it is. It's so entertaining. Uh, We had rewatched the original Top Gun too, which I also love. Top Gun Maverick is better in every facet, I would say. It's just a much better movie across the board. And Val is really good, but it's not an I don't think it's anywhere. I think if there's going to be a a sentimental supporting nominee playing themselves, basically, because I think you could like Val Kilmer is basically playing Val Kilmer in, in Top Gun Maverick because Iceman has uh health problems in the in in the narrative and and he can't speak. And obviously Val Kilmer in real life cannot and the scene works because you're watching Val Kilner and Tom Cruise have this moment in addition to the characters but I would say if there's going to be someone who gets in on that kind of aspect it would be Ashley Judd for she said uh playing herself because I think that's a really effective emotional scene movie uh moment she's actually in it quite a bit she's in it much more uh than I I wouldn't say quite a bit but yeah more than Val Kilmer She's in like, Val Kilmer's in uh, one scene and then he texts Tom Cruise a couple of times. So obviously he's not texting, but you're at least thinking of him. And then uh, Ashley Judd, I think, is in like three scenes for for She Said, or at least two, maybe three, one on the phone and two with her face. There's one There's one of her jogging. Right, that's her final scene. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't think Val Kilmer will get in. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I thought Ashley was great and just really uh, also brave for doing that yes. as well they um obviously she was not announced before the the film as part of the casting at all and then uh they they brought her out to do the q a after the uh premiere at new york film festival so because she also didn't walk the red carpet so yeah so like she's also i think it also helps them to have her part of the team so to speak and part of the marketing and selling of the movie like they're not trying to hide her and let it be a surprise when the film opens november 18th 
and everyone's like, oh my God, Ashley Judd isn't it playing herself. It's like, no, they're using her. She's done interviews about this, you know? Yeah. Um, and there, yeah, there was like nothing, no like embargo about like, don't spoil Ashley Judd. So, but I, I, I can't say I've uh, thought about nominating her. No, <laughs> or she's I haven't either. So. And, and I, I very much uh, loved her in the movie. So. Yes. And I haven't thought about uh, Val Kilmer either, even though I also yeah. uh, love- You know, like the, you, you love movie. a lot of performances, but I would not- nominate a lot of performances I love for Oscars <laughs> and like we said there's a lot more that goes into it beyond just the performance too uh the last email I'll rejoice and then I had one more thing we could talk about but uh the last one was uh uh Faisal writes uh a pretty timely here even though he sent this uh, or he or she they sent this a few days ago what is your impression of Naomi Aki's Oscar chances at this point for I want to get somebody which we talked about earlier as a the trailer came out I mean, where do you have her, if you had to like, you don't, I know you don't like kind of do it once you get past the five, but how do you like have, so best actress, we have the, we have, presumably we have the same four as usual, which is uh, Kate Blanchett, Michelle Williams, Dendale Deadweiler, and Michelle Yeoh. And then what do you have, how do you have the rank, rest of the field ranked, I guess? Um, In my mind. In your well, mind. I think so yeah. you, you have Jay Long. I still have my. Um, I would have J-Law just hope ditting her in sixth because I right. really do love that performance. So I would. And I would have Viola in sixth, I think. So. Yeah. So we have the same top six, basically. I need to right. look at the list. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Let me pull up the list too. Yeah. That'll make it easier. Um, best actress. Oh my goodness. Um, oops. So uh, I could start throwing out names or do you Oh want yeah. Margot. So Margot Robbie. Eric Roberts' favorite performance of the year, Margot Robbie in Babylon. His, uh, his Babylon co-star. Yes. Better than those two actresses. No yes. names. No names. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, even though he dated one of them for five years. <laughs> and one of yeah. them is Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Sandy Dennis and yes. Elizabeth Taylor. You deserve better. <laughs> you, you deserve to be named. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... I say margo even though like theoretically margo should be above j-law but um Same. i mean i could feel differently after we see babylon we're seeing week. babylon next week so yeah and then so so in the odds um olivia coleman is still hanging around empire of light i can see her mm -hmm. happening too yeah um before naomi just because of her status yes um and you know everyone just loves her um and that you know we talked about that movie last week um where like you know the the movie might not have like a high ceiling for nominations um and maybe not in best picture but like she can still get in um and then i guess i would say naomi and yeah. i mean it is like it that that just on paper that role checks so many boxes that we know voters like and respond yes. to it it definitely feels like it would be in there i mean we're i'm oh i'm definitely over predicting jennifer lawrence so uh but like i love it so much and she's so good i think if i had to switch right now if this was like you have to make your oscar picks right now and you can't change it i would be more inclined to having margot robbie or viola davis in there for the fifth spot i think they have on paper the best shot and then i would say probably Naomi over Olivia but I think Empire of Light would be the stronger movie certainly yeah I agree about 
that. I don't know. It's also not necessarily hard to say, but it's just like when you've seen one of the movies and not the other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it'll be easier almost to do it if you haven't seen either of them. Correct. Uh, all right. So that's uh, so... why, why it's fun to do it when you're completely blind and haven't seen anything. So. Right. It's great. That's I feel like great talking about Black Panther. I haven't seen it. So if you want to, uh, you can. So we have we more. We'll read more emails next week, Joyce, when we figure these out. But you can eat slugfests. I'm not going to spell it. Slugfests at goldderby.com. The last thing, Joyce, was I went to a screening this week. I saw RRR, and and a fan came. A fan came up to me, Joyce, uh, sappy, and he said such nice things about you and I. He said my takes were great. That was what I wanted to tell you, and to get your instant reaction to. And there it is. <laughs> uh did he provide examples of no. your takes that are he was just being polite i, I want uh sappy if you're out there please email us uh the the takes of chris's <laughs> that you think are quote unquote great great uh but rrr joyce man that movie absolutely kills uh it's on netflix you could well, watch you saw it. a different cut than um, well i saw a different the, dub it's on the, netflix but i think the actual uh yeah the the proper dub is in theaters I believe. Yeah. Uh, or mm-hmm. screening slowly around the country. It's I think it's still out in some places, but they're doing like kind of special screenings. Yeah. Uh, this is an uh, incredibly entertaining film. It I'm is. Not it's gonna, a lot of fun. I'm not uh, going to pretend to be an expert on like international cinema or any kind of uh, anything, but I was just like, it's really fun. Uh, it's not a, it's not eligible to be nominated. Obviously, I think India picked a different movie for. Yes, that was, a, that was a big thing uh, a couple of weeks ago when they did that. But it is eligible for like best picture and a lot of other song. crafts. I think you could make the case and we'll see like the shortlist for song, but I think there's a, a an original song could absolutely be in play. And then also like some of the tech stuff is really awesome, specifically the cinematography. And again, it dem- who's gonna are people gonna the, see this? The VFX is good too. Um yes. yeah. So I, I definitely think it'll be a a movie certainly that film twitter loves it seems and letterbox loves and i went in being like how good could it be it's a really fun movie if, if you like like if you're like not have heard of it you can definitely watch it on netflix it it is a great theatrical experience but obviously i think it would play well at home because it's just like so good it's it, a lot of action uh and it makes it's so inventive with the one of the things i really liked about it was that it references about 80 amazing movies i felt like in its story and in just in its it, the, the director has talked about braveheart and gladiator so it's like in that scope there is like a uh kind of hard-boiled if you remember that movie um uh, it, like that kind of idea or like even the departed a little bit and then there's just like buddy comedy aspects to it that are very familiar of like <laughs> stepbrothers even you know it's just like it's like a lot of different genres and then but every scene i felt like there was something that I had never seen before happening. Like uh, just the action is so creative and inventive. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like I've seen the one on Netflix. Um, yeah. I would say it's action sequences are better than the ones in Black Panther or Wakanda forever. So one of my friends who I saw it with on Saturday then saw Black Panther on Monday and he was like, I feel like I've been, uh, you know, gone through the looking glass by seeing RRR because the action is so- that after. <laughs> because the action is so good. It kind of makes the Marvel action look- not as good in comparison. Uh, so if you're tired of action movies and Marvel movies, then check out RRR because you'll be like, oh, this is really, really good action. So I don't think it'll get nominated for uh, any anything like Best Picture, but 
Uh, I definitely think it could get in at least one or two of the tech things. And certainly visual effects feels like it could get in. Yeah, it's definitely in play. I think I think they're they're definitely trying to campaign it for Best Picture. Um, yeah, it, it's variance cool. films. I will say they've done like a nice job. They did the screening on Saturday night here in New York and Mary Harron, uh, the director of uh, American Psycho, which uh, we love. Uh, she was she was doing the Q&A after. Well, there's a vote right there for So she this, got it. And but... she was wildly impressed uh, with with the film. Uh, so, so there you go. RRR. Joyce, anything else here? So we have next week, we're going to, I'll see Glass Onion. We're going to see Babylon. Wow. Um, yeah, we'll see. So we got to figure out when we're going to do this. That'll be three hours um, of our day. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do this on, we might have to do this on Thursday and then just post it immediately after because, uh. We got to wait to see get our Babylon reactions. Yeah, they I mean, the, they honestly just put an intermission in. So I got to say, RR has an intermission, and I was like, man, more movies should have intermissions in the theater. I think it would be great. Yeah, just go fully old school. It's they great. used to have intermissions. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, then uh, I think Hateful Eight maybe had an intermission. The last that was like maybe the last um, big movie I've seen that had it. But all right, well, this is this is so much fun, Joyce. Uh, we'll talk we'll talk soon. Bye. <laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.